0: The Waddle & Sylvie podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code WMVP. Tune in every Friday for the official Waddle & Sylvie same-game parlay on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 21 years or older, Illinois only. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash
1: football terms.
2: This is Waddle &
1: Sylvie on WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago.
2: Chicago's home for sports. A good karma brand's radio station.
1: Sylvie on Tuesday. I'm Jeff Meller in for Sylvie today. Usually at this time, you will hear Barstool Big Cat joining Waddle and Sylvie. But today he is on daddy duty. So he's going to join us tomorrow at this time. Single dad, or at least for the day, watching two kids? He's in his own defense right now. Yes. Yes. He's just trying to survive. So, surviving in advance. That's the uh, name of the game. So, he will be joining Waddle and Sylvie tomorrow at this time. So, never fear. Just a day late, and it'll be a day better. So, don't worry about that for you. Uh, We mentioned that Theo Epstein joined Cap and Jay Hood yesterday. We had every intention of getting to this yesterday, but again, we got sidetracked with our rib on ribs on the plane conversation, which took on an, an, a life of its own. Yeah, you were defined as a snob. Charlie defined himself as a hypocrite.
0: And uh, Tyler and, and I were both savage. kind of I, like... Savages. Savages, yes. yeah. 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 And yes, um, Tyler and I were considered savages because we really didn't give a rat's ass what you bring on the plane as long as you don't drip it on us.
2: Exactly. Mm. I owned up, I admitted that no, you did.
0: was on principle. It was an honorable I decision on your behalf, Charlie.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, you guys are both just—you uh, don't care about your fellow man. That's what it comes down to. You'd be damned! I don't care if I'm going to be stinking up the plane with your barbecue sauce. You I'm, just don't like the smell of barbecue, but yet you would welcome
0: on a big box of of hot cinnabon. Well, of course, because
1: that's a lovely. Because smell. Because you like the there's, smell. I don't think there's a person in the world you have to understand in life. Sane, it's not. It's not always love the about, smell about of a you. Good it's not always about you. It's not. I'm saying. I've, Everybody out there, if you're if you're sane, you appreciate the nice warm smell of that cinnamon. In should have got Carmen the Good kids and we should have. That was uh, we definitely dropped the ball
0: on that. I got a feeling that the Good Kid doesn't give a rat's ass what you bring onto the plane as long as you don't spill it on. In fact,
2: that may have been him. That may have been (laughs) him in the picture. I'm not sure. (laughs) It could have been if
1: he was coming back from one of his golf trips. It's very possible. It's a good point, Tyler. Um, So that sidetracked us a little bit yesterday. So now is a perfect opportunity before we talk to Jeff Passan around 430. Let's check in on what Theo Epstein had to say with Captain and Jay Hood.
0: Listen, I'm absolutely enamored with the concept of how baseball is going to change. I want to see how it plays out. Um, And I heard Jay Hood talking about this the other day as, uh, as well. And I agree with him. Like, when I settle into baseball... I know it's going to be kind of a leisurely pace, and I know it's going to take some time. But I'm also going to appreciate that there is going to be less lollygagging, that there won't be all the 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 you know the yeah. fixing of the batting gloves and the pitchers are going to have to do this. And not, not, so much- not totally in expedited fashion, but there's going to be a little more pace at it. Yes. I'm interested to see how that goes. I'm interested to see how they police it. But I do believe that... I'm not, look, I don't think that there is one easy way to fix baseball so that it's appealing to all of the youth of America. I think that's a lost cause. I really do. I just think it's the nature of the sport. It's a leisurely pace, as I said, and not everybody's going to be drawn to it. I'm drawn to it, but even though I'm drawn to it and I will commit to it, I would like to see some of it, you know, some of the unnecessary lollygagging erased from the game
1: so i'm excited to see how this all goes so theo epstein the architect of the 2016 world series champion cubs i think he has admitted that what they have done him and his brethren have in a lot of ways broken baseball aesthetically yeah right like when you watch it it is not as much fun as it once was i've heard him you know, like he'll tell you that, I mean, there was purpose to why they did things the way they did. And it paid dividends. Yes. Like his. The emphasis on, on getting on base, you know, yes. taking pitches, getting walks. Um, the, the, three, the three outcome. Yeah. And and the, in, in addition to the emphasis on drawing walks and getting on base, also the de-emphasis on running, stealing bases, because you don't want to create outs on the base paths. Outs are more valuable, the most valuable commodity you have as a lineup, and so you don't want to give them away. And so Theo Epstein and plenty of other like-minded GMs have, in in the effort to optimize the best results for a baseball team, in the process, they made the game that everybody grew up loving loving to watch less fun to watch. And so... Captain and Jay Hood had Theo Epstein on yesterday, who is working as a consultant with Major League Baseball in an effort to. He's going to be the commissioner at some point, isn't he? I don't know.
0: I'm not What's sure. What's more likely that he ultimately takes over at some point as the commissioner of Major League Baseball, or he is an owner, part of an ownership think, group of a I team, think, or he gets back in the game as someone running a team?
1: I think absolutely ownership, you know, group is his path, and maybe um, doing some type of overseeing the running of a team. I think the problem for being, and it's not impossible, but I think Theo Epstein is somebody who is strong-willed. And I think the position of Major League Baseball Commissioner and, Commissioner in sports in general is honestly, oftentimes we've talked about this before. It's being the shield for the owners. Oh, you're I'm a not meat sure shield. Theo Epstein Rob necessarily wants to be that guy. Yes. I think Roger somebody, Goodell is a meat shield for the Rob, NFL owners. Rob Manfred is a meat shield yeah. for Major League Baseball. You know, Gary Bettman in a lot of ways is a meat shield for the NHL. Um, Adam Silver maybe he's been a little bit more outspoken about things, but he still, for the most part, acts as the shield for the owners. So I think. I don't know if Theo Epstein that's something ultimately he wants to do we'll see but the issue of the day some of the changes that are going to be invoked in baseball Theo Epstein talked about what he believes will be the most impactful change coming our way this season
3: yeah ultimately I think it's going to be the pitch timer and and not because they notice the pitch timer but because they notice the result of it pace Which of play involves just a better better pace of play a beautiful rhythm and flow to the game the way you know if you if you you know, hop on YouTube right now and, and and watch any game from your youth. And I was the other day I was watching the '75 World Series. Louis Tian on the mound, and
2: mm-hmm.
3: he got the ball, he got a sign, and he fired like every ten seconds. It's this beautiful rhythm. Like you're, every time you take a breath, there's a pitch being thrown. You can't turn it off. It's just so much. So much more happens. You know, these days, last year in the big leagues, you had to wait four minutes simply to see a ball put in play on average takes four minutes in a 75 world series it, it, it must have been half of that because there's getting the ball and firing so i think fans are going to love the pitch clock the most the, the, you know and it's going to fade into the background the way you, when you go to an nba game no one goes home and say oh that 24 second clock was awesome but you don't even notice it but what you notice is this beautiful rhythm up and down the court shots being put up transition game that's all caused by the 24 second shot clock the same way Ultimately, where you're, where you're going to be left with, I think, is just a, a faster-paced, action-packed style of play, and you don't even notice the pitch timer after a few weeks.
0: Such a good point. And, and that's how, what I'm hoping happens, um, that there is a change, but it becomes almost something that you don't notice. You do get, I think that that's the great way to describe it, that there's a rhythm to the game that doesn't exist currently. Now, some pitchers are going to be more bothered by it than others. Some batters are going to be more
1: bothered by it than others. That's what you use spring training for. And Sox fans I think will understand like one of the best things over the last 20 so years of being a Sox fan was watching a Mark, Mark Burley start. Yes. And this will encourage more type of starts like that, I believe,
0: ultimately. Well,
2: think about it from last year too. Johnny Cueto mm-hmm. began the year in AAA because the White Sox signed him late in the process. And then he, when he got to the big leagues, he was already accustomed to playing under the pitch clock because right. it was instituted at AAA. And he had great rhythm, and it looked like it Get helped his go. performance. Yes, Mhm. 100%. Yeah, yeah. a good it's, point.
1: And, and honestly, I think, too, it will help. I think it will probably bring back the idea of... Uh, you know, pitching being more about a, about an art, right? Like an art to pitching, not so much overpowering everybody with max velocity or just a wicked slider in the dirt over and over again. I think you're going to see, you know, it would, I think the game could stand to use a few more Greg Maddox types, if you will, right? Well, I
0: subscribe in a lot of ways in, in sports and in life. Think long, think wrong. Like, take the mental part of the game. It's okay to use your brain to try and, And use strategy for for pretty much every situation. But you can overthink stuff as well. So I think this is about rhythm. Get a rhythm. It'll be a rhythm for the pitchers. It'll be a rhythm for the hitters. It'll be a rhythm for those sitting and watching Major League Baseball as well. Again, I don't believe any of these rules are going to be able to grasp a 12-year-old boy or girl and immediately make them a diehard baseball fan i think the pace of the game itself does not fit into Mm -hmm. the lifestyle of the youth of our our society that's that's fine but i do believe that those that do find that they like the, the sport of baseball and they like watching it my hope is is that this will enhance that experience
1: there's a couple things off of that that i'd like to play but first off we mentioned the adjustment period that's going to take place theo addressed that and just how long it took it seemed to take minor leaguers last year to adjust to the pitch clock
3: the adjustment period in the minor leagues was about three weeks three to four weeks you know the pitch timer rules rolled out there we had multiple violations per game for that three-week adjustment period and that's not ultimately what you want, but it's human nature. It takes about that long to adjust to something this significant. And then, and then the cool part is after those three, four weeks, we average uh, half a violation per game, both teams combined. So your, your, your team on average had an automatic ball or automatic strike assessed against them only once every four games, um, which is certainly, you know, something that, that we could live with in order to get all the benefits of uh, better pace of play.
1: Excellent. So, so yeah, so obviously that won't take that long, uh, by you'd say you I wonder
0: wherever you know, listen, I mean, it's it's almost like the play clock in football. Mm-hmm. You hit zero, you give it one beat, and then you throw the flag. Sure. My, I my guess is is it's some something similar is going to happen in baseball. So they you asked, get to
1: zero, you get a beat, and then you get penalized. They asked Theo Epstein on Cap and Jay Hood specifically about the enforcement of a pitch clock.
3: Yeah, it's it's completely different this time. Um, in 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 the past, uh, the the you know pitch pitch uh, timing enforcement has basically been a suggestion, and, and the way it was enforced. Uh, the way the way pace the game violations were enforced in the past was sort of a letter to the players from the commissioner's office, you know, warning them, and then ultimately giving fines, progressive fines that you know were really just pennies in the in the big picture, given what guys are making. So now, now it's totally different. Now, now it's you know part of the fabric of the game itself. You know, pitch clock and pace of game violations are going to be enforced from the first pitch of spring training on um umpires are responsible for that this actually an additional league staff member called the field timing coordinator who's going to be up in the box in communication with the umpires in charge of the clock um and the umpire and the, and the field timing coordinator work together to make sure they're enforced and the penalty is an automatic ball and an automatic strike and i was in the arizona fall league when we enforced this for the first time and uh, watched as, you know, um, one of the top prospects in baseball at the time, Spencer Torkelson, got up there with two strikes. He, he, didn't, he wasn't attentive to the pitcher in time. He, he had a pitch timer violation, automatic strike, strike three, and he had to sit down, and he never had a violation ever again. And that, that's really ultimately <laughs> how you get wow. enforcement is when, when guys strike out on an automatic strike or when you walk somebody on an automatic ball, that's how that's how you get changed. Now
1: Theo mentioned how you know the it was a lot of bitching and moaning. There's no doubt he
3: mentioned you know three
1: weeks about the adjustment period for the players to really embrace it or start like you know so that they didn't have to call the violations that often. I will be curious to see how, you know if it's basically in spring training they get the message most players because I think it would be prudent to do that. Right? How many spring training games? will be
0: playing. By the way, we're carrying White Sox Padres right here on ESPN 1000 Saturday. At it's two. usually
1: in the 20s. Now I know they have some split squad games, you know, so I don't know, but usually You're going to have plenty of time to get adjusted to that's this. That's my point. You'll have that 3 to 4 week period to get adjusted and acclimated to a pitch clock so that it's not a real issue come regular what, season. by
0: the way, what are the parameters
2: of the pitch clock? What is it? I
1: thought it was 25 seconds, right? Is that correct? Um, It's a
2: good question. I thought it was, uh, isn't it, 17 seconds with no runners on and 14 with them on? Okay, then I am way off if that's the case. I was going to say 25 seconds sounds like the
1: average amount of time it takes now. Maybe that is the case. Hang on. Let's see. For for somebody to deliver. So Tyler was correct. Uh, My apologies there. 15 seconds. For... Base is empty 20 seconds with a runner on base Bingo
0: The clock starts when the pitcher catches the ball From the catcher and the clock runs Until the pitcher starts his delivery Not when the ball is released So as soon as he goes into his delivery That's when the you know, you're Officially the clock stops Batter must step into the box And be ready to hit with at least 8 seconds Left on the clock Violations by a pitcher As you know are automatic ball By the hitter and automatic strike so the, so the hitter has and to And a hitter hitter gets one timeout per plate appearance. It says a pitcher gets two disengagements per batter. This is either stepping off or a pickoff attempt.
1: A third disengagement would result in a balk. Honestly, one of the mo when you look at where you think about it, probably one of the hardest things is going to be the burden on the umpires to remember every at bat when the pitcher disengages and what you when the batter calls a timeout only because you're you know you're used to just when a there's batter no to granting them timeout this is now, where the
0: officials are going to the umpires are going to have to this. to get themselves in line with all of this the same way the players are I we think all
2: dio said too there's going to be like an extra umpire at every single game who's kind of like a rules
1: overseer too yeah. as a part
2: of all this well that won't get messy at all <laughs> well there's going
3: to
1: be a certain then, messiness to it to begin of with but... do uh, now do umpires have the you know the clicker to keep track of the balls and strikes are they going to have the clicker for the disengagements and the timeouts for every at bat That i have no idea to make a new clicker that's what i'm asking i think this is right that's the most logical question here that needs to be answered all right some more from theo here he was asked by the guys if baseball is too concerned worrying about what you mentioned, catering to younger fans, right? Waddle, is this going to is this just to appeal to a younger fan base? Um, is baseball doing too much of that? That's what Cap and Jay Hood asked Theo
3: the other day. Yeah, to, to an extent, you're right. Um, our numbers aren't where they should be with younger fans, and that's that's such an important demographic for the future of the game. Um, you know, younger fans who've, who've Grown up um, consuming their entertainment and their sports in a different way, and grew up with iPhones and grew up with fast-paced video games. Tend to just want more action uh, and less dead time, um, more, more athleticism on display. Um, you know, shorter games, faster-paced games, quicker-moving games, and and that's actually that's that's actually true across generations. You know, even you know, not everyone's going to answer it the exact same way, but on average what fans like their favorite plays what i just listed triples double stolen bases diving plays plays with a lot of action a lot of motion uh, a lot of suspense fans least favorite events during the course of the game and this cuts across generations things that involve dead time you know pitching changes mound visits um periods when there's nothing going on. So the, the pitch timer is really designed to just give fans more of what they like, which is action and ball and play action, and, and less of what they don't like, which is dead time. And it should help with younger fans as well. I'm interested
0: also, I mean, this is all about pitch clock. W- w- I'm sure they touched on the shift and other things that are going to be implemented as well. Because I thought, like, and there was a great article several months ago about how the shift had been they had, they had messed with it in the minor league system, and they found that the greatest impact they had was keeping everybody's heels on the dirt as opposed to not allowing someone on either side of second base.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to like. I don't have. Uh, I don't know if I have the access to the specific cut about the shift. But you're right. That's obviously something that is getting a great deal of attention. A rule change that the league is also implementing. Um, you need uh, two fielders on each side of second base. So even though um, you're going to see, I'm sure, plenty of shortstops, you know, for left-handed hitters play. Yeah, close you're going to be camping
0: out just on the on the shortstop side of second base. And as soon as the pitch is delivered. Like That's why I think keeping your feet, everyone has to have their heels in the dirt, is mm-hmm. going to be more impactful yes. than actually the shift. Because think about it. Yeah. If, if, if you're allowed to line up wherever you want, and you don't have to have your heels on the dirt, if you're a second baseman, you can play in short right field. And then as soon as the pitch is thrown, the shortstop who is just on the right edge of the bag, the second base bag, can shift quickly over there and pretty much cover the ground that is necessary. So... To me, the biggest impact that is the the thing that's going to have the greatest impact is actually going to be making sure that every infielder is stationed somewhere on the dirt and not in the in the outfield.
1: Yeah, I and I do think like you're not going to see those extreme shifts anymore because you're not going to be allowed to. But that's to that point you just made there. I think you know good athletic players, whether they're playing shortstop or second base are going to be able to get, once the pitch is being thrown, get to the other side of the Oh, there's bag. no doubt. Listen, you're, when you have Joey Gallo at the dish or Anthony Rizzo at the sure.
0: dish, or whoever, Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber at the dish, you're going to have the first baseman hugging the the, the first baseline. Yeah. You're going to have the second baseman significantly closer to the first baseman than he is to the second base bag, and you're going to have the shortstop lined up an inch on the right side of the bag, and as soon as the pitch is thrown, that guy's going to shuffle as quickly as he can yeah. to the other side. So, I mean, again, I think the greatest impact is going to be for... Not being able to for second baseman and shortstop, whoever it is that you're not allowed to be in, in in short left field or short right field. Like the shift is going to be, I think the great. Like I said, the impact's going to be where the 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 heels are stationed, not necessarily you know on which side of the bag the shortstop
1: or the second baseman's on. Theo talks a lot about bringing back in more doubles and triples into the game, and I do hope that the bigger bases will encourage more. That's base the running.
0: one change that I I'm skeptical is going to have the impact
2: and i I'm get it no, there's no. so many well, bang bang no, no, no. plays but it's, but,
0: it's
1: more about for player safety that is the change for the the bags they want them bigger bases so that players you know won't be having won't, there won't be collisions whether it be at second base or primarily at first base as a runner's going down the line right and the first baseman gets to the bag quickly the hope is that with a bigger base you will avoid some injuries but there has been the, it's theoretical but some people believe that with you know if you take into account on both sides the additional 6 inches for the bases are 6, six inches, inches is a lot that you have to cover yes that all of a sudden hey you know what maybe we'll see more base running especially because like
0: not you know, only that but you are now limited to the number of times you can throw over the first base course. as well I, I think that's going to have a
2: greater impact than the size of the base you'll also have Velocities down as well, so the yes. time that it gets for a pitch to get to the plate and yep. then the pop time down, like all that's going to increase too. It's well, going to be an
0: interesting and- conversation with Passon when he joins us here in a little bit too, because I'm interested in hearing from everybody, yeah, who they feel is going to be most impacted by this. Is it going to be pitchers? Is it going to be power pitchers? Is it going to be hitters? Is it who's going to be most affected and who's going to have to make the biggest changes? It's interesting. I'm, I've got an article on, on, on CBS.com here, CBS Sports. And they have a list of the 2022 fastest pitchers with the bases uh, bases empty, Major League Baseball's fastest pitchers with runners on from last year, Mm -hmm. Major League Baseball's slowest pitchers last year with the bases empty, and Major League Baseball's slowest pitchers with runners on from last year as well. And there's a name on this list on the slowest pitchers that is very interesting. There's a couple of names that are very interesting. But one is Shohei, is it was the seventh slowest pitcher to the plate with the bases empty last year. He was the fourth slowest pitcher with runners on. That is interesting. So he's going to have to make some significant adjustments to how he handles his starts. Michael Kopech, 10th slowest pitcher in baseball with the bases empty so he's going to have to speed
1: up mm-hmm. you know his process as well well and another white Sox pitcher who is going to be impacted mike clevenger his delivery his most motion he was the ninth he, slowest pitcher with runners well, on last but not year. just that his delivery the rocking motion both he and luis garcia of the houston astros are frequently guilty of that rocking the baby type reset that they often have they were warned by major league baseball that they are potentially at risk for being called for more walks if they don't change their motion because because of the pitch clock basically so that there's not this um this motion that resets the or prematurely kind of like resets the pitch clock because once they start to go into their motion that's when you know right they're they, okay well theoretically but, those guys could still like the clock stops as soon as they start the rock they, well that's the point And so so they told them hey you can't do like luis garcia last year would do like almost like three like arm you know rocks before he would actually start to go towards the plate and they've warned them that and so i wonder if they might be the biggest impacted pitchers because they have to change their yep. motion to the plate which you know in and in of itself could really wreak havoc with their deliveries Three one two three three two three seven seven six. if you'd like to talk some baseball with us we're going to do that with jeff passan coming up next Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie.
0: Listen now
1: in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Call for your "Would You Rather's coming your way in about twenty minutes from now. Don't forget hashtag WS Would you on Twitter, and we will take your best either-or questions later this hour. I got to tell you, as we've wandered for the last week plus in the sports
0: desert, or at least I have. Mm-hmm. I'm I can't wait to see Major League Baseball's changes and how the the effect is handled by. Different teams of different
1: players. You and me both. I'm thrilled
0: with the uh, the changes. And
1: while you call it a desert, I have to believe our next guest has been reveling in a Super Bowl championship. Well, because that's true, as yeah. we know here on Waddle and Sylvie Mellor in for Sylvie today, Jeff Passan resides in Kansas City. And I have to imagine, Jeff, it is fun rooting for Patrick Mahomes these days.
4: Uh, I mean, I, I, I hate talking about this, honestly, on the Chicago airwaves because of the whole, like, you know, Trubisky thing. But yeah, it's kind of <laughs> awesome having the best quarterback of all time uh, as your children are growing up in the city you live in. Not going to lie. Yeah.
0: Doesn't suck, does it? I mean, mm. probably the best way to say it, while well, we sit here with a 3-14 and four team. team. <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: okay, I, I, uh, I apologize for not being a uh, regular listener, but... What uh? What should the Bears do? Oh like, boy! What's the general consensus on do you trade fields and and go with Young one one? Do you trade the pick? What's the uh, what's your feelings on? Uh, all, all
0: I can tell you is is that the size of Bryce Young, his body scares the hell out of me. I if I was in charge, I'm moving forward with Fields. I'm training to the number one pick for whatever I can get, and I'm going to try to surround him in that offensive huddle with better offensive linemen and better targets, and my hope is he develops in a manner in which I think he can. But, you know, there are still questions, Jeff. Still questions out there.
4: Yeah, I mean, there are questions about the the arm. There are no questions about the leg, I'll tell you that. God, he can run, and he is so much fun. Like, second half, Justin Fields this year. Yeah is enough to make you hope yes and that's all we really want as sports fans right yes we, just, we want hope we, we want to be we, we, we want to be able to picture in our mind's eye a guy hoisting a trophy and i think justin fields is a guy who can hoist a trophy i really do but you better have the right people in place to help them develop because there's there's still a lot of work to be done there
0: amen to that and hope is the key word here too for me as a baseball fan jeff that I, i'm excited about the the changes that are about to take place. How do you feel about the rules changes and the impact that you anticipate they will have?
4: Um, I've gotten a little blowback from uh, some people, but I'm going to repeat what I've said elsewhere. Um, I think the the pitch clock is going to be the most transformative thing we've seen in baseball since integration. And and certainly, like, the two things are extraordinarily different than... uh, uh, I'm not trying to minimize what black players uh, and, and eventually uh, Latin American players coming to baseball did to the sport. The game is the game uh, because of that now, but uh, the, the effect that this is going to have on baseball writ large, uh, I, I, I don't think it can be overstated. I mean, if, if anyone who's listening or you guys happened to see a minor league game last year you know what I'm talking about, but it's just—it's it, almost like a different sport. And the the pace at which the game is played when there's a pitch clock, it, it's it's fantastic. It it reminds you of what baseball looked like pre 1995 or so. I almost feel like the the strike was like the bifurcation there of when baseball started going down this path where the game got a little too plodding and a little too slow. And I, I love baseball. I've, you know, I've, this is my twentieth year covering it now. And uh, in those twenty years, I've I've seen a, a gradual shift toward these these three plus hour games that just don't appeal as much to a, a culture that has gone toward shorter and shorter attention spans and quicker and quicker bites and and instantaneous dopamine hits that we've come to expect. Well, you know, I, I think that major league baseball is going to have that now and it's going to be directly because of the pitch clock. And I think you're going to see regularly two and a half hour games. I think the average game time is probably going to drop about 20 minutes, maybe even more this year. And uh, the, the reality of a sub-two-hour game in baseball, it's, it's going to happen this year. I think every team is going to have it. and As for all the, the people who are diehard, hardcore baseball fans who say, why would I want less of something that I love, I, it's the wrong perspective. You're not getting less baseball you're getting quicker baseball. You're getting a more streamlined product. And uh, as someone who adores the game and everything about it, the idea that I'm not going to be losing any of the stuff I love, but I am going to be gaining something that's really important to me, which is time, I think it's the best of both worlds. And, you know, I, I think the, the shift uh, is probably going to have the least impact of all things. Um, I think the bases. Are going to change the game and if you don't know the bases have uh, gone from 15 inches square to 18 inches square and those 18 square inches you're going to have about four and a half uh, inches less in between bases and considering how bang bang stolen bases are those four and a half inches are going to make a whole lot of difference and the, the limitations on pickoff moves you only get to disengage from the rubber that's either picking off or stepping off twice every at-bat, and if you do it a third time and don't pick a guy off at the balk, it's going to lead to more stolen bases. So I think Major League Baseball is trying to emphasize the athleticism that's in the game now, and this is going to go a really long way toward doing that.
1: ESPN Major League Baseball insider Jeff Passen joining us on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Jeff, um, interesting there. Do you feel like from what you've observed are there any teams across baseball who are more well positioned to take advantage of some of these rule changes?
4: I was at Diamondbacks camp today and I was talking with Tori Lavello, their manager. And, you know, they have Jake McCarthy and Corbin Carroll and Catal Marte, guys who, uh, you know, they, they have really good all around games, but speed is a part of their game. And,. Uh, you know, the from the way Tori was talking, like, the emphasis on the stolen base is going to be a real thing with them. Uh, you go to any camp. I've been to, you know, I think probably seven or eight camps at this point, and all of them you can see when their pitchers are, are throwing live at-bats against hitters, there's usually a clock behind them, and they're getting used to this idea of this game without a clock. Well... All of a sudden, it's got a clock, and you better be ready, because if if the clock expires before you start throwing your pitch, that's going to be an automatic ball, and that's just not something that any pitcher wants to give away, and likewise, if you're a hitter and you're not in the box with eight seconds to go on the clock, then there's going to be an automatic strike, and you're putting yourself at a disadvantage there. So I, I think it's going to take a little while for everyone to get used to it, but... We, we are, as human beings, extremely adaptable creatures. And baseball players uh, of this generation have learned you can't run over a catcher anymore. Okay. You can't slide hard in a second anymore. Okay. You know, it, it's not what we were taught. It's not what we grew up with. But it's what we have to do because it's in the rules now. And uh, the penalties, I think, are harsh enough at this point to make everybody change the you know, what they've grown used to and accustomed to. And uh, they'll figure it out.
0: Jeff, who are going to be the most affected, the more affected players here? Is it going to be pitchers? Is it going to be power pitchers? Is it going to be power hitters? Who's going to have the greatest impact on how they do their job?
4: I think it's going to be tough on power pitchers because, listen, when you're sitting out there throwing 95 to 98, uh, there's a lot of stress and strain on your body and on your arm in particular. And, if you, you know, if you've gotten into a routine where you're taking 22, 23, 24 seconds between pitches, and all of a sudden when the bases are empty now, you have only 15, think about the, you know, the the recovery time that's involved there, like, You have conditioned your body to do your job in a particular way, and now you have to completely change how you go about things. So I'm not sure that that's going to mean that guys are throwing any less hard. In Major League Baseball's, uh, you know, full-year experiment last year uh, with the pitch clock at all levels, uh, they found that velocity stayed where it was. So it's not like guys are for certain going to be losing glossy, but there's no doubt that there's going to be a pitcher out there who loses a mile or two on his fastball, and it's not because he's hurt, it's because he recognizes that if I'm going to do my job of throwing five, six, seven, eight, even nine innings, Uh, I need to allow myself to become more of a distance athlete than I am a sprinter, because baseball has turned into a sprinting game in a lot of ways. It's why you see so many relievers coming in, one inning at a time now, and that's all that they can do. You go in one inning and you let it eat for that inning. Well... Uh, Letting it eat for that inning is going to be a much more difficult task, but uh, for the starters in particular, uh, they're going to need to make some adjustments to see if their bodies react in a way that allows them to pitch like they did in the past. If their bodies aren't conditioned for doing that or aren't capable of doing that, they're going to have to ask themselves, okay, how can I be most effective? How can I get out in the best way possible?
1: Jeff Passon joining us here on Waddle & Sylvie. Jeff Meller in for Sylvie today here on ESPN 1000. Jeff, we throw around generational talent quite loosely when we're talking about sports players, but I don't think it's hyperbolic to say that Shohei Ohtani is truly a -a once-in-a-lifetime player that we're seeing right now. Is he on schedule to become the sport's first $500 million player? And if so, would that be money well spent by anybody who could land his services?
4: Um... No, because the idea that Shohei Otani is going to stay healthy for the 10 years it takes uh, to pay out that $500 million, uh, there's just nothing in history that we know of that illustrates that he can do that. So you are unquestionably running a a risk, a uh, a much larger risk, I think, than you do with all these other contracts that you see now because of it. And yet, with Shohei Otani, you're getting two players in one. So, I understand why the Los Angeles Dodgers, or why the New York Mets, or the, the Angels, or the San Francisco Giants, or the Seattle Mariners would be compelled to do that because. To get a player like Otani, he is a -a once-in-a-lifetime player. Um, There are so many talented baseball players who have been great pitchers in their youth and been great hitters, but uh, the game has conditioned them to to choose between one of the two sides because it's been thought impossible to do otherwise. Shohei Ohtani has proven that premise incorrect, and yet in the time he's been over here now, five full years going into his sixth, there's been nobody who's come even close to to replicating it. And so because of that, I think that's why we can look at Ohtani until we're shown otherwise as being this anomalous uh, figure somebody who uh, does something that it, it doesn't seem real and yet every time he goes out there and, and starts and hits in the same day um, it's, it's magnificent You know, we, we see it 25 or so times a year and every one of those games is must watch because we are seeing uh, an athlete at his absolute apex doing something that we never thought was imaginable and what is sports if not something that shows us that humans are capable of doing things that the mind couldn't conceive.
1: Well put, Jeff. Uh, quick follow-up. I notice amongst the teams you listed there, the Chicago Cubs were not one of them. And just how much money does someone like Shohei Otani, or not someone, does Otani generate in additional sponsorship money that a team can access that they couldn't with any other player because of his international superstardom?
4: a great question and one to which I wish I had like a specific answer. Um, it's certainly in the tens of billions a year, which when you look at other players who are signing contracts for 25 30, you 30 know, even upward of $45 million a year, they're not generating anywhere close to that. So if you're a team, you can say that, hey, I'm going to be making plenty of this money back through sponsorship and just through the ubiquity that Otani provides, not just domestically, but internationally as well. Uh, I You know, the Cubs are going to be in the mix. They were in the mix the first time around. Um, and the fact that they've had players, say Suzuki now, Kosuke Fukudome before that, Yves Darvish uh, when he spent four years there. Uh, like Listen, Chicago will always be a destination city. I just don't know that when you have competitors like the, the Dodgers who check off every box for Otani in terms of their ability to spend and be close to Japan and be in an area with which he's familiar. Seattle, uh, the, which is really like the place that showed a Japanese player in Ichiro Suzuki can come to the United States and, and not just survive, but thrive. Um, In New York, where Steve Cohen is the the richest owner in baseball and has shown a willingness to spend and maybe spend enough to convince Otani that any West Coast predilection he might have can be allayed by the, the financial element. Uh, I, uh, The Cubs are going to be in the mix, no doubt about it. I just don't think they're favorites, and they're going to have to go so above and beyond uh, what I think they're comfortable with that in the end I'm not sure they're going to be the spot where he lands.
1: Well, that's certainly a bummer for Cubs fans to hear, and I promise you, Jeff, uh, White Sox fans are not holding their breath. No, they're not. Based on yeah, that.
4: I would, not, I would not anticipate that he's going to end up on Southside. Look, yeah. I, I, I hope that uh, anybody who is uh, aggregating this includes this context. I don't discount the possibility of the Chicago Cubs emerging as a realistic suitor for Shohei Otani. But at the same time, if you're just looking at this objectively, they're probably not in that top tier right now. That doesn't mean that they can't get there or won't be willing to get there. Uh, but when we look historically at what the Cubs have been willing to spend, I mean, what's the biggest contract that the Cubs have given out <laughs> in their
1: history? We were talking about this earlier today. It's less than $200 million. I, yeah. Answer, right, uh, I think it's Swanson. Swanson and Hayward. I Swanson
4: and did... Hayward. Yes, 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 yes. That's right. Yes. So, hundred and eighty two million was it? Yeah. I mean, it's you know somewhere in the hundred eighty million dollar range uh, to get Shohei Otani, the Cubs are going to have to triple the biggest contract that they've ever gotten, provided he stays healthy and has a year similar to each of the last two seasons. And and while I I don't at all doubt that they are capable. of, of doing that Uh, you've never seen Mark Walter with the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, talk about biblical losses and you've never seen Steve Cohen talk about that as well so uh, it's going to take a complete paradigm shift I think from Tom Ricketts to get into that area where Shohei
1: Otani is going to be playing in order for the Cubs to get him. Passon, as always, we appreciate the insights. Enjoy the Lombardi Trophy, my friend. Thanks, Jeff. Take it easy, boys. Thanks for
4: having me.
1: That is ESPN Major League Baseball insider Jeff Passon joining us on the CarX Tire and Auto Hotline. I share his enthusiasm for the baseball changes. Maybe I'm overplaying it. Maybe I'm just giddy. I mean, listen, but... He, he, call, he, he thinks it's going to be one of the most impactful changes since the integration of baseball. That, my friend, is a significant statement. I, and if that's the case, that will be the overwhelming storyline throughout the baseball season. If we're all within a month Don't or two. Don't you think that the the it season. can
0: have a sizable difference in the, oh, absolutely in, I do. And the I do. enjoyment
1: of baseball uh, for you? You know what I think, too? Anybody who is resistant to change for just for change's sake... I think people who love baseball will quickly start to appreciate the game looking much more like the game they grew up loving, right? And I think, like, I think we all like. If you grew up watching baseball, you might be like, "Ah, they're changing too much stuff. I don't like change." But I think you might quickly say to yourself, "This looks more like the game I watched." Well, in the right. 90s. I mean, the change is actually
0: a, a a
1: regression to the way things used to be in a lot yes. of ways. Um, and you and, so, and you ha- sometimes you need to push the sport back into that direction, and it might take something like a pitch clock. And I'm uh, actually, as I said, I am somebody that when I sit and watch
0: a baseball game, I know I'm in for a leisurely paced sporting event, and I know that it's going to take a certain amount of time. I do get irritated though by. All of the nonsensical stoppage of play. Yeah. So I'm an advocate for this because I don't think it's going to ruin the product. I think it's going to make it better.
1: Last call for your would-you-rathers. Hashtag them, rather on Twitter. Shoot them over to at Tyler Aki underscore or at Charlie Bevins. I'm Jeff Meller. In for Sylvie. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago.
0: Hey, this is Coach Mike Dick. Greg
1: Olson here. This is Stacy King. Hey, this is D-Rose. What up? This is Ludacris. Hello, this is and Bird. Would you like to play a little? Would you
0: rather? What? What? Oh, my. The speed version of would yeah. you rather. Jeff
1: Passing was so good we had to uh, truncate would you rather just a bit but that doesn't mean it can't be great it's short and sweet and to the point it's for an espn prize pack here Waddle. what's in an espn prize pack
0: lots Tyler. of great prizes that's
2: a, that's a travis question upstairs travis is
0: on vacation so don't worry he's coming back
1: all right i hope so Would you rather? Let's do this. Tyler Rocky and Charlie Bevins on the other side of the
2: glass. Ben wants to know, would you rather have your in-laws critique every parent decision you make or have a 25 handicap golfer give you pointers? I don't golf, so I'd gladly take the...
0: I probably would prefer my, you know, my my, my, my mother-in-law is more than welcome
1: to try to give me pointers on... But style I, mean, I, I, I don't like the way it was phrased though it wasn't pointers what did she was what it is it critical it, did of it again your, of your parenting style or something uh, like that
2: critique every critique. parent decision you make yeah
0: that could be okay you know what? maybe I'll change my mind and I'll listen to a 25. 25- Handicap or give me golf tips. You can always ignore them. Exactly. That's what
2: I was thinking. But then they start to get in your head. Yeah, but and you if, know what, though? Ruining a round of There's golf, There's no space too, in there in my head. Ru- but ruining a round of mm. golf and having to listen to that for 18 holes.
1: Tyler, you don't have kids, and mm. you don't have in-laws, and the last thing you want is to have an adversarial relationship with in-laws that goes on for it, the entire life.
0: I think it's easier to tune out a 25 yes. handicap giving you golf, golf tips, tips versus...
2: You're in law agreed Um sticking with golf to a degree here David wants to know would you rather play 18 holes on a $1000 bet with Michael Jordan or spend 72 hours with Charles Barkley in Vegas with all expenses paid for Barkley
0: Why well, ra- yeah why well, I'd rather go to to Vegas with Barkley for 72 hours with all expenses paid for
2: Mhm Then say you you've golfed with Michael Jordan Why so he's going to stiff you if you beat him Like Who he does said to
0: beat him But.
1: But even if you did, you know you're getting Listen, sick. Listen,
0: these are two, you're choosing between pie and cake again, mm. like I like to say. Uh, for me, either That's, one's a win. I'll, I'd rather spend 72, 72 hours, hours with Charles Vegas. than five hours with Michael. Both would be rather enjoyable, but I'll go for the experience that lasts longer. Uh,
2: That's it? That's all you got? Uh, yeah, it was a light week. Light, light day. day. Yeah.
1: That's it? Light day. That's it? Pick a winner, Waddle
2: make us like cancel
0: this segment because i like this segment it's been light lately though um Be i don't better. like either one you choose i don't think either one was like i'd go with the
2: second one nah, how about we, that
1: do we do we legally have to give a winner away are we required to do so
2: hit, uh, hit a contingency shot here all right and just in case we do let's go with the second one second one yeah but, right. but, but it's under review
1: how about that all right yeah get better Underwhelmed. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Another day, another suggestion from an NFL insider about what the Bears should do with their number one overall pick. We're gonna do quarterback conversations when we Maybe. come back. Maybe you'll have to tune in to find out. We'll do that next.